He Shoots, He Draws is sponsored by Westcott, a worldwide leader in lighting and light modifiers. Have you seen the new FJ400 strobe? This 400 watt second strobe is an AC-DC strobe that has the fastest recycle time among any 400 watt second strobes at just 0.9 seconds at full power. With its fast recycle time, color consistency, and unique features, you can see why photographers are completely overhauling their lighting systems in favor of the FJ400. Pair this strobe with the first ever universal trigger for complete control using the same trigger across Canon, Sony, Nikon, Fuji, Panasonic, and Olympus camera systems. Yes, it really is a game changer. Come see the FJ400 at the Photography Show in Birmingham, March 14 through 17. For more information on the FJ400, visit fjwestcott.com backslash FJ400. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello, welcome back to the smooth sounds of He Shoots, He Draws, the podcast about design, photography, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's me. Hello. I'm trying to mi- I'm trying to mix up these intros because I keep doing the hi, welcome to He Shoots, He Draws, and it just feels like I'm an autopilot. Couldn't help giggling then, because you weren't just doing the voice, you were doing the, the movement and everything. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're listening to the smooth jazz. Um, but no, it's me, Dave, and my co-host, Glenn, over there. Hello. Hello. How you doing, mate? Excellent. Right, now tonight, Gl- Glenn's got a glass of red wine, so I'm glad we're not having a moaning episode. <laughs> Tonight's episode is very specific, but just so Glenn doesn't feel left out, I'm having a beer. Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't actually hear that go fizz then. We so, hang to... on, lean, lean your glass forward. Let's have a little... Oh, hold on. Ready? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Cheers, mate. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> so, um, tonight's a very, or today, this episode, whenever you listen to it, it's a very specific one. You'll see from the show graphic, it's about how to make perfect prints. Now, I've got some music for this. Prince. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Is it? Are we not talking about? Oh crap! I'm not ready for this. I thought we were talking about the life and times of Prince. Oh, oh mate, sorry. That was a poor joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. I don't really. I enjoyed it. Don't worry. I enjoyed it. We've just lost all the listeners, but I yeah. enjoyed it. No. So it's about making perfect prints. So for for those of you that know Glenn, you'll know that he's very. We're going to use the P word. He's very passionate about good prints. Um, And he's just released a PDF on his website. Now, there's links in the show notes. We encourage you, and this isn't a marketing ploy or anything. This is just purely if if this episode interests you, we encourage you to go onto Glenn's website. Use the link in the show notes. And there's a like a freebie pack that he does that includes the perfect prints PDF. That's a lot of P's to say. Um, and there's some other stuff in there. Now, you have to put your email address in to get it. If you don't want any more stuff from Glenn, don't worry. You can just unsubscribe the next time you get an email from him um, if you don't want to hear about any more stuff. But Glenn does often give out a lot of resources and, yeah. and helpful stuff for you if you're a photographer. So we encourage you to download the PDF because this episode is kind of me talking to Glenn about the pdf and the process of making perfect prints we've touched on it before and it's something we're going to be talking about live at the photography show uh next week which we'll come on to in a minute so 
if you kind of want to get the PDF and use this episode as a sort of uh, just to help a companion, an audio companion, mm. then that's what this episode is going to be. We will talk about some other stuff along the way, not just for photographers either. If you're a designer and you do print your work, which we always encourage, this could still help you because this is still totally, about yeah. setting up your printer, what kind of gear you need and paper and calibrating and everything. So we're going to touch on that. But before we do, mm. uh, mentioning the photography show, this episode goes out on Monday the... What's the ninth. date? It's the ninth. ninth, it'll be, yeah. Crikey. So mm. Monday the 9th. Um, the next week we will be at the photography show, so there won't be an episode that week. But we will be getting some interviews done while we're there, but we're just going to have a week off. Uh, and on we'll, that, we'll be shaking hands with the people we interview. No, we'll be el- elbow, <laughs> elbow bumping everybody. <laughs> um, as this episode goes out, I'm still going to be there. Glenn's still going to be there. Yep. I think the only person who can mess this up is Boris. So uh, let's see how <laughs> that goes. But on the Monday, we'll be doing a live episode at three o'clock. We are going to ask for it to be recorded in case it's useful. But um, we are going to have a week off and just do a live one. So if you're at the photography show on the Monday, um, it'll be worth coming and risking your health just to see <laughs> us talk. <laughs> yes. Um, but you absolutely. want to mention you wanted to mention something about Westcott. Yeah, Westcott obviously going to be there. They've uh, got the folks coming over from the States. They've got a stand. Uh, I'm going to be doing a live uh, stage presentation for them as well. But the main thing, I guess, to say was, because I get, do get people saying, where can I get your backdrop? Where can I get that um, softbox that you use? And it's kind of to say that uh, Carmarthen cameras have really come through in the last few months. And they are, I guess you could say they're like the UK's main distributor of Westcott equipment. And they're going to be at the uh, photographer show as well. We've got a great stand. Be able to see Chris and the guys down there. So they are going to be well and truly stocked up with Westcott kit. So, um, in fact, the day this episode goes out on my website as well, I've put down my itinerary for the timings when I'm doing presentations. Also, Brandon's going to be doing presentations as well. So there's a lot of Westcott stuff going to be going on at the show, which I'm chuffed to bits about. Oh, brilliant. That's nice to see Brandon and the guys as well. They, yeah. They're currently a sponsor in the show, which is brilliant. It's, uh, I think, the third time they've done it now, so thanks to them wow. for that. There'll be an ad during the episode for them anyway, so mm-hmm. you'll hear that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We've got the, the live stage again, which you'll be on, and also got the editing suite, which is all finished and ready to go. We've only had a couple of tweaks to do, but it's going to be busy, but it always is. But I, I love going there. It's yeah, just, I do. We get, so it's a chance for us to do our... Get back to our roots as to how this podcast even started, yeah. because we'll be room sharing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be done, isn't it? It's got to be done. Every opportunity, mate. It's always... <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know what's coming the rest of the year. This could be our only... This could be our only room share event this year at the well, moment. Well, there's, yeah, in all seriousness, there's been a lot of things cancelled. I was speaking to some people I know that are involved in the the veterans world that I kind of do a lot of stuff with. And there's some European events in France, Holland, Germany, have all been uh, cancelled for now, which is huge. So fingers are firmly crossed because we're not that far away from May now and the 75th anniversary of VE Day. There's a lot of stuff being planned all over the country for that. So I'm fingers are so firmly crossed that it, by the wow. time it comes to that, everything should have hopefully, you know, the dust should have settled and then things will be under control, hopefully. Because yeah, that's the age group in the worst well, bracket. Absolutely, of, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's not, you know, this time of year is not is never a good time of year, you know, because it's cold and whatever. It does affect people, mm. as you know, especially when you're, you know, the age of the people I'm sort of seeing a lot of. Um, but with this virus going around as well, 
you know, you've got extra careful, which it's a, it's good that they have cancelled them, but it's also quite sad. Yeah. Oh well. Well, we, let's mm. see. Let's see how things work out in the next few weeks. So I hope mm. I hope it isn't as bad as they're making it out. But um, mm. if you are if you are aware of everything, just obviously take heed of all the safety measures being read out everywhere yeah. where you go. Stay clean, kids. Stay clean. Wash <laughs> your hands, which you should be doing anyway. I know. It's like, oh, you now wash your hat. What, you mean like before I didn't have to? Oh, all these years I've been washing my hands and I needn't do, have. Do, do you know, on that note, and this is going off topic, I remember ages ago I saw a video, I think it was on YouTube, and there was a bloke who used to go into the toilets, the men's toilets, right, and he'd just kind of hang around and he'd wait to see if anybody went to the urinal or to a cubicle, yeah. and when they came out they didn't wash their hands. And if they went out without washing their hands, he'd walk behind them with a megaphone. Do not shake this man's hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, yeah there could that's... be more of that going on now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, horrible. anyway, let's crack on with the episode. Yes. So, yes, yes. Um, so, like we said, there's a PDF and mm-hmm. Glyn's brought out free. It's completely free. Yep. Um, he painstakingly put it together. Not in InDesign. <laughs> I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> I'm shaming you. You're, that's Would you the, have That's known? the equivalent of not washing your hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's the digital equivalent to me. You're no way, no better. Listen, I've got your book on my left-hand side here. I am going through it, mate. I am yeah. going through it. Yeah. It's just what, too busy. Is, why is it at the bottom of your door, then? <laughs> <laughs> you liar. You liar. Uh, so, yeah, it's called Perfect Prince. A step-by-step guide for successful printing at home. So for those of you that have listened to previous episodes, we have touched on this as a subject before. But just kind of for anyone new to this that hasn't heard the previous ones, just in a nutshell, why did you make the book? Uh, Because, uh, well, first of all, it was for my own benefit. So to keep a kind of like a, a record of what I need to do if ever I forget. Because sometimes if you don't do something for a while in this industry, certainly photography, editing, whatever, it's kind of like one step forward, two steps back. So especially at your age. While, especially at my age. You yeah. can talk. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, so it really is a case of, right, I want to write this down for myself to keep a track of Because there are some kind of figures and settings and stuff that you need to tweak to get it just right. But then I thought, you know what, why not just put it out? Put it onto my website. And it was a, you know, just, I actually really did enjoy putting it together. And it is something you get asked about a lot, genuinely get asked about a yeah. lot. Because on my social media, I do post when I'm doing prints. You know, I'll do sometimes those close-ups of the, the stuff coming out. Because it is so addictive. And it's the best feeling ever when you get a print out. So because of that, people have asked, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? So rather than me kind of... Uh, constantly you know answering questions individually just whack it out there and say right this is it this is everything <coughs> this tells you what kit i use how i do this that and the other to get the perfect print so that that's kind of why i put it together so yeah oh, very nice and plus I've, I, mate i've wasted so much time and money in the past i i dread to think how much money i've wasted getting prints wrong and then when that kind of final thing just sort of that little missing piece of information just suddenly dropped when i get it now i get it when we were in london just over a year ago and i brought that printer yeah and i spent all that time kind of i'm gonna work this out this cannot be a dark art i'm gonna work it out and now i have we'll share it it's it's the best thing out there printing 
Yeah, and it won't be the end of it. I mean, as technology gets better, as cameras get sharper and everything, there'll be tweaks to it. But I think mm. it's great that you've got this now, that you can amend it as you go. And it's a great resource for anybody who wants to at least kind of follow a path to start off. Like anything, yeah. learn one thing and then... Like you say, you might have your own little settings. You might have a preferred kind of paper that you want to do. It doesn't mean you have yep. to follow every single step, but this is like any guideline. It's to help you understand the process. Mm -hmm. Then you can start to tweak and change it to your own uh, style of print that you want. So, yes, I guess, yeah. So we'll start off with the kit. So okay. obviously there's loads of different printers out there, but I know you mm -hmm. use a Canon. So... Yep. This could just quickly go through the kit side of things. What uh, equipment would you say? I mean, I know what you've got, which you can mm -hmm. talk about, but what would you say from a starting point? Do you think the kind of kit people would need to be able to follow this kind of process that well, you can't one cut is corners you, there, on? There are, yeah, there are certain things that you've got to have because no matter how much you calibrate it, if it's not the right kind of equipment, it ain't going to get the result, right results anyway. So number one is you've got to have a good, decent monitor. Have a good monitor. Now, uh, yes, I do do stuff. I am associated with BenQ, but disclaimer here, I was buying their stuff before I even was associated yeah. with them. I had used other brands of monitors, uh, quite expensive monitors, I'll be honest with you. You know, really, really good ones when I was recommended, but... Over only a short period of time after having used one, I was getting dead pixels within the screen. And I can honestly say, hand on heart, no, no sales pitch. I've never had that happen with BenQ. So I'm really happy. And they are considerably less cost than the ones I was using before. Okay. So uh, BenQ is great. The latest monitor I'm using is the SW321C. It's a big 32-inch monitor, which I love because I don't like to sit too close so I can have it a distance away and still see things nice and clear. It's got a lens hood. Um, and the best thing of all for me is it's got a matte screen. So there's no kind of shine on the screen at all because that can really affect how you see your images when you're getting reflections on it. The fact that this doesn't have that at all is brilliant. So that's, that's the big thing for me is having this monitor here with no... Um, uh, no reflection on it so that's that uh printer wise you know i've got the the canon one it's the canon pixmar pro 10s um i didn't think when i first started doing all this printing that i would end up printing as much as i am now uh with the veterans project never thought people would really want to be buying the prints but i am printing every single day now and sending prints off so that printer isn't the most economical one ink wise um which is why I'm going to be upgrading to the, a bigger version of a printer there. It's got bigger inks and um, what have you. So, but it's a great printer, don't get me wrong. Really, and, it's, good and the one you've got at the moment, is that's an A3 printer? It's an A3 Plus. Uh, it's a 10-ink system. Uh, you've got matte black, photo black, and all sort of variations going across it as well. It's always got a, a chrome optimizer as well on it. Um, it is a brilliant printer. It really is a brilliant printer, but it's... Uh, very, very easy to set up as well. So, yeah, I've got, I've got no complaints about it apart from the fact that it can be a bit thirsty on the ink cartridges because they're only small ink cartridges. But that's that's down to, the, you know, it's my fault. I didn't know I'd be printing as much. If I did do at the start, I'd have got the better, I'd have got, not better, a bigger printer with the bigger inks. Yeah. So just to help people price-wise, I mean, what would you say... Uh... I mean, all right, how much is your how much is your printer roughly? What kind of... 
before anyone starts thinking, oh, I can get a £50 Epson printer. I mean, what are we talking about here? I'm no, glad you mentioned that. Over my shoulder, you can just see I've got an Epson printer in the back there, but that is the one that I generally use for printing documents and address labels and stuff like that. And that's a four-ink system printer. What I will say is, no matter how well you calibrate your printer, no matter how good the paper profiles are you'll talk about in a minute, if you're using a printer with four inks in it, forget it. It ain't got the ink range in there to create the tonal range that your photographs have. So you've got to have a printer that's got, you know, a lot of ink in there, a lot of different variations of colours of ink in there that can cope. Uh, the printer, I, I, can't, I can't really remember how much it was. I'm guessing... 300? Could you get it? Well, that's what I got it for because that was a 50% off. So let's say 600 quid, something like that. But the inks inside, there's 10 inks, and I use Cartridge People, I think it's called, this company for using getting the inks. Yeah. And you're roughly talking, say, for argument's sake, £10 per ink. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I get quite a lot of prints out of it, but I am doing a lot of prints, so I do find myself ordering quite a bit. I was going to say, overall, if like anything, if you look at the outset, you're thinking, okay, let's go and buy a brand new Canon printer because I don't know if the 10s is still a current model. Yeah, yeah, it's still there, mate. Okay, yeah. so yeah. even if you forked out, say, five hundred pounds, and then your first batch of ink is a hundred pound, or it will come with ink, and then buy a spare pack. So, so even if you're starting off around six hundred quid, what? So what? glenn's going to say here is while we encourage you to use this equipment this is for kind of if you're going to be doing a lot of printing and mm. which is saving you sending prints to a lab because oh, totally, yeah. you know yeah. if you buy all this gear and only print once a month it's not really cost effective for you that's you know use a lab then use someone like digital labs yeah. but but for someone who wants to kind of step away from that have more control over what they're printing that is exactly it the control yeah, this is the setup for you. So we'll carry on with that. So, okay, you talked about your monitor. How mm -hmm. are you getting your monitor calibrated? Okay, so I've got, um, I've actually got two bits of equipment. One of them is a, it's called a spectro, spectrophometer. I say it's like Scott. I've got my thing lined up here. It's called, it's called a, Oh, I don't know. It's the i1 Studio, Spectro something or other. So okay. basically, it doesn't just calibrate your monitor. It also allows you to profile papers. You can pro you can calibrate uh, mobile devices, scanners, projectors, you name it. It is a one-stop shop when it comes to calibrating and profiling. And this uh, is X-Rite. This is all made by X-Rite. Yeah. Um, other brands are available. Other brands are available. Uh but yeah, uh, yeah, there are other ones. But the other one is the one that I use. So I, I use that one, the i1 Studio, for profiling my papers, which we'll talk about in a minute as to why mm. I do that. But um, I know you can't see it because obviously we're talking on camera. But above your head on my monitor is the i1 Display Plus, which is a it's a dedicated piece of hardware for calibrating your monitor. And I love it. It's small. It does what it says on the tin. It also allows you to take a luminance or a brightness reading of the room that you are in so then it can say right this is how your monitor needs to be set up which that's takes clever. all the yeah it takes all the worry all the stress all the problems out of it because that's the biggest thing i'll jump in and say it now actually because one thing i always found was with this whenever i calibrated it which is what i was always told calibrate your monitor and then you'll be fine and i never was even when i calibrated my monitor my prints came out too dark Actually, the mindset is different now. If my prints are coming out too dark, it's not my prints that are coming out dark. I've got my monitor calibrated incorrectly. My monitor's too bright. The prints are as they should be. 
I'm looking at them wrongly on a wrongly calibrated monitor. Do you know what? I'm going to tell you something now that you probably don't know. Go on. In my whole life of designing, I've never once calibrated a monitor ever. <laughs> How bad is that? And I have experienced it. I have seen stuff come out. But, I mean, I don't print at home. I very no. rarely print stuff that I do. A long mm. time ago, I had a HP and I had an A3. And even though I wasn't calibrating, I was kind of making sure... I started to learn about RGB and CMYK. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I was speaking to Talia X-Rite, when we were uh, talking about the equipment um, that we featured on an episode once, I'd said to her, I feel really awful. I said, I've never... I've never calibrated a monitor. So that's something I do need to do because I've now got a mm. BenQ monitor. Yes, uh, I've yeah. noticed that when I'm dragging my Illustrator from my iMac over to my BenQ, the colour difference between yeah, the two. Yeah, you've got to get that so there's like it's synchronised between the two. and you, Otherwise, it completely throws you off and you don't really know what you're getting until you send it to somebody else and they print it and you go, oh, actually, that's not quite right. Yeah. Well, no, it actually is right. You've sent, You've looked at it wrong. Yeah, it looks bright it's, on my screen. It's coming out dark and vice yeah, versa. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know the, I've suffered from it. 99% of the problems, I would say, when it comes to printing is that your monitor or your display isn't calibrated correctly. Right. There you go, folks. There Calibrate. Go. That's, the, that's the first <laughs> big tip of the day. So speaking of calibration, then, like you said, yep. it's not just the monitor. There's other aspects to it. So tell us about, uh, well, I mean, start us. Where, where do you go first? Do you go? You obviously go monitor first. Yeah, I'll always calibrate the monitor first, and people say, how often do you calibrate them? I do mine once a week. Some people do once a month. I, I religiously will do it once a week. And right? why? Why Why do you have to do it once a week? What's Paranoia. changing? Paranoia. Oh, right. because, because, I, because I guess in the past I have wasted so much money, I want to ensure that there is absolutely nothing that has changed between the last time I did it and this time I did it. Um, I want to make sure that when I press print, I can confidently sit back and go, I know that what I'm looking at on my screen now, when that comes out onto paper, I know what it's going to look like. Yeah. If I leave it too long, who knows? I may have inadvertently knocked the brightness button on my screen. I might right. have done something. At least if I know that I've done it once a week, I know that the chance of me having altered something, if I have, it'll be corrected. Right, okay. So it's and how long does that take you to do? Oh, blimey. Um if I said ten minutes, okay. maybe. Yeah, something like that. So it's a pretty simple procedure. So it's a really simple there's procedure. No excuse not to. No, that's right. Very, very simple procedure. That but the main thing is there are some settings which are in the book there about what values to use. But the main thing I have found is um the, 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 you'll get a setting that you have to choose called your luminance. In other words, the brightness of your display. Obviously, the darker your room is, the less bright you want your screen to be. The mm. brighter the room is that you're working in, you need it to be brighter. All right. Now, if you're like me, I'm working always in a consistent lighting environment. In this room here, it's always, always, always the same lighting environment. So I know that what my luminance value is going to be once I've set it. That's it. However, if I'm moving from place to place, I would have to take regular... Uh, luminance value readings which i can do with that device there rather than because some people say i know when we spoke to steve brazel he uh he he messaged me after i'd posted about the pdf and he said oh yeah my luminance value for my monitor set to 100 now if i had mine set to 100 that's way too high for me my prints would come out dark i was told ages ago oh yeah roughly about 120 not a chance 
Mine is at 80. The luminance value is at 80. I know some people that need to be about 60. Wow. So if, if you haven't got a, dis, you know, I mean, if your calibrator doesn't, hasn't got the facility in it to take a reading of what the room value is, then you're going to have to kind of try and just do a trial and error. Try to try to 100, try to 80, try to 60 and go that way. Otherwise, you can just click a button and say, right, what does it need to be? I'll get the calibrator to check the room. It'll say, right, your room value is 80. And you go, click, use that. Thank you very much. It's as so, simple as that. So I guess if you are using a laptop and you are moving around and a laptop is your main source of editing, you're going to have a little bit more... Uh, you're going to be doing more with that because, like you say, the lighting environment is going to be different. The, like, using a laptop is, is is a difficult one because you could literally end up calibrating your laptop screen 20 times a day, couldn't yeah. you? Let's face it. But you, you're going to kind of get a feeling for, let's say, if you were in a coffee shop and you calibrated it. Not that you probably would, but you know what I mean. That mm. you, you kind of you can see what kind of lighting is around you. If you move somewhere else and you think, well, that's kind of similar to when I was in the coffee shop. So you, you're going to get a rough idea of what it is. Calibrating really is talk, you're talking about your main working monitor, the one that you're going to be printing from and what have you. If your laptop is your main machine. You know, and you do. You are the kind of person that plugs your screens in when you're at home. You then unplug them and go off and be portable. I would suggest, and it's only my suggestion, is that when you bring it back to your office or your home, when you plug it in, you start working on pictures. Calibrate it, especially right. if you're going to be printing them. Yeah, if in doubt, calibrate. Absolutely, yeah. Perfect. Uh, so paper. So okay. it's not. It's not just the screen. We've got the screen sorted, yeah. um, and this is kind of a just just. just depending on your situation and how many screens you've got because uh, i know you've got a three screen system so do you calibrate all three of them at the same no there's only two of them that i calibrate the right. one that i'm working on now, my main 32 inch one and the one right above it because I'll, I'll sometimes i'll have lightroom set up so that i've got like a, a working area and i can see the preview of it on the other screen Right, so I can see yeah. it zoomed in. Let's say if I'm working on the eyes, I'll be working on the eyes at one point, and then on the screen above it, I can see the full picture, so I can see how that looks when you're zoomed out. Okay. Um, but actually, Dave, before we get on to the paper side of things, you've got to know as well, is your printer working correctly? And secondly, is your printer capable of doing a decent print? And that's when you do what's called an evaluation print. And these are files that you can download that are made up of a number, like a collage of different images. So there'll be there'll be different different ethnicity of people um, on there as well. So you can mm. see the different skin tones. There'll be uh, landscapes. There'll be uh, mo uh, monochrome pictures on there. There'll be gradients, black to white gradients. There'll be color gradients. And those are files that you need to print out to check whether or not your printer is capable of doing it. And the way that you print those out is, because this is where the confusion got with me, do you hand over control of the colors to Photoshop or do you hand it over to the printer? And it's like, oh. And so many times people will kind of not know which one it is to do and they might have Photoshop doing it, but then not realize the printer's doing it as well. So then the two of them are loggerheads and they'll produce rubbish. So it's got to be one or the other. Now, when you install your printer, no matter what brand of printer it is, in that driver, you, the driver is also going to include um, different papers made by that company. So let's say, for example, I've installed my Canon printer. So when I go to choose the paper type in the, within the driver, it's got all the Canon papers listed. 
but not just the Canon papers, it's also got the paper profiles as well. So if I wanted to do an evaluation print, and let's say I open this evaluation image into Photoshop, and I click to go to the printing side of things, in that dialog box up, it's basically gonna say, right, where is the color management for this gonna be done? And I would say, in the printer. So not in Photoshop, say in the printer only. I want the printer to do something without any outside interference whatsoever. Just the printer, I want the printer to prove to me what it can do. So I'll say to Photoshop, right, color management, printer only. Now when I go then into printer options, I make sure where the color, uh, um, the color management section is, I'll make sure it's the actual driver is selected. So it'll say driver or non. I will choose driver. Okay. So then the printer will say, right, Glyn's using Canon's Photo Pro Luster paper. In that case, I will use the Canon profile for that paper. You press print and out it comes. And what should happen when you've done your calibrating your screen and you've then let the printer, without any outside interference, print that evaluation image, it should be absolutely perfect. And when it does that, you go, wow. So you look at the skin tones, you think they are bang on. There's no color cast in the skin tones. There'll be some fruit on there. The one that I've got for the download, there's some strawberries on it. They should look like you could eat them. Beautiful. Yeah. When you look at the gradients, there should be no banding within that gradient. It should be a real smooth gradient. If you've got that, you know your printer's working. So later on, when you do some printing of your own pictures and it all goes belly up, it's your fault. It's yeah. not the printer you're doing something wrong all right so at least you know now your printer's fine now you just what you've said there with the color profile because i i remember years ago when i used to have people have problems with printing and they'd be oh you know i can't get this it looks wrong mm. they didn't even know there were the a they didn't know there were different types of papers they were printing photographs on photocopier paper right. they also didn't know in the settings that you can go in and say draft at you know mm. Draft middle ground or best, mm -hmm. and then in best there was another step, and you could like state the profile. So, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's such a simple thing, but it was one of the biggest things I came across when people were complaining about their printers not printing properly. Yeah. And it was, Every we, single paper has different properties, and it will produce things completely different. It really will. So you mentioned the Canon, so like the Canon Pro Luster, but what if you had Permajet paper? Right, well, I, I only, I don't use Canon's papers. I use I use a third party's papers, and like I said, the one I mainly use is Permajet, and the only reason I put, use Permajet, I'm not sponsored by them, I don't get any kind of kickback from them. They were just nice people. When I yeah. saw them at an event and I got chatted, they were nice people, So, and they've got a really great range of papers. So... I use Permajet's papers. Now, this is a thing, right? So if I'm going to, the advice I was always told, if you're using paper made by another company, all you need to do, and this was a thing, all you need to do hmm. is you make sure that you calibrate your monitor. You know, that's, yeah, okay, that's a given. And then if you're using, say, Permajet's papers, just go to Permajet's website, download their paper profile, install it, everything will be fantastic. Absolute rubbish. No, it will not be, and it never was. And that's the reason I stopped, because I thought, I, I'm doing everything they're telling me, and it still isn't working. And if you think about it logically, the reason it's not working is these paper profiles have been created by somebody else by printing out that image on a different printer. How on earth could that possibly 
mean that your printer is going to print it out exactly the same. It's never going to do it. Every printer is going to have different characteristics and print things differently. I've got the Canon Pixmar Pro 10s. We could have two of those side by side. They will both be slightly different. It's just the way they are. They will behave differently. So I never, ever, ever would say to download the paper profiles from the company. So how so do you, you overcome that then? Right, well, you overcome that uh, one of two ways. Number one is that you either create the paper profiles yourself or you go to, and as it happens, Permajet do it, you can get them to create a profile for you. So what they will do is, if you want them to have a, create a paper profile for you, you, you would tell them that. They would send you a file that you would print out with their instructions from on your printer. You would then post them that print back and then they would scan it. Because it basically it will be like a grid of coloured squares, certain values. And they know, their hardware and their software knows what values those should be when they're printed. So when they scan it and they see that actually that red's not quite the red it should be, that green's not the way it should be, that then creates a profile, which I guess is kind of like a mathematical equation. They'll send you that file, you put that into your computer, so your computer and your printer know that when Glyn uses this particular paper by Permajet, you need to do this to it so that it prints out perfect. So it kind of like, it allows the, you know, that paper and the computer, whatever, to make compensations within the colours so that it says, right, you need to do this to it to make it look the perfect red, the perfect green, the perfect blue. Yeah. So, because I, I don't do a lot of printing, but I know it's like Permanjet, it's Hannah Mule was another big one. Yeah, I know that all the, has all yeah, yeah. they all have their own. And like Glenn says, just contact them or go on the website and find out what you need to do to do that process. But but I profile them myself. Yeah. That's just the best. It is, I, do you know, I think I could print on toilet paper and get brilliant results now. <laughs> I, I, could, I could profile toilet paper and get it working. It's just, honestly, mate, it's the, it's absolutely brilliant. And the way you do it is that's, that I1 Studio is the one that I use for doing it. No matter what, and you need to do this for every single paper that you use. And I've got three different papers that I mainly use. And once you've done it for that paper, you don't need to do it again, all right? Because you can store that profile within Lightroom or whatever software you use. But basically, all you do within the X-Rite software is it will give you a get you to print out a grid of coloured squares. You then scan those colours with this i1 Studio, which takes just, you know, a minute or two. It then sees, right, I can see now what that red's looking like. It shouldn't look like this, but I can see that it's printed out like that. It then goes, it does a little bit of mathematics, and then later on it'll say, right, now print this one out. So then you print another one out, and then you scan it, and it goes, right, now I see exactly how your printer behaves and what it needs to do when it's printing on this paper. It creates a profile, you are done. So then every single time, let's say I use a paper called Portrait Rag by uh, Permajet. I've got a preset now in Lightroom. If I'm printing on Portrait Rag, I click on Portrait Rag, which tells Lightroom to use that profile because it knows it's printed onto that paper. And, and then it's just, it is literally as simple as that. But then other things you have to do, you do then have to go, when you click print, you then go into your printer settings to tell it, when it's got the color management, before, when we did the evaluation print, we chose driver because mm. we want the printer to take control. Now we want Lightroom to take control. So we're, instead of using driver in color management, we say none. No color management whatsoever within the printer driver because the paper profile and Lightroom are going to do that for us. 
But the great thing is that when you choose another paper, let's say if you're using one by Permajet, and you think, well, underneath there, when I'm in the printer section, it tells me to choose a certain kind of paper, like a photo paper, you know, luster and stuff. I used to think that I'm then choosing a profile, which I wasn't. No. I, I've told it, don't do colour management. So it knows it's not going to use any profile. It knows you're letting Lightroom do the management side of things. When you, at the bottom part, you have to choose the paper, it's basically saying, look, I know you're not using a Canon paper, but which one of my papers is similar to the one you're using? And when you use Permajet, they give you a printout, an A4 printout, and it will say, right, if you're using Portrait Rag by Permajet, you go along to the Canon row, and it says, right, in that case, choose this one in your driver. Right. And that basically tells the printer, ah, right, I know now then how thick that paper is. Yes. I know how to handle it when it's coming through the machine. I know how much ink to drop onto it to get the perfect colour. It's as simple as that. So that's the only reason you're choosing those papers is so the printer knows how to physically handle that paper. Okay, so I've got two questions then there. Because you're using uh, one particular brand and you order a like, portrait rag, you've used up that pack, you order a new pack. Do you just go through that process again or are you set? Once it's, doesn't matter what batch it's from, you just know that that paper is always going to be that that type. You don't just do a reset just because you've opened a new pack of it. Okay, I, I do, I've got a new pack. I, I regularly get new packs of paper coming through. You know, if I've run out of two, uh, portrait rag, another pack comes through, I will not create a new profile. Okay. I will continue to use that profile unless for some bizarre reason... I see that when I do a print of that new pack, I go, whoa, what's happening here? There's clearly a problem with that paper. So I would get in touch with Permajet because right, I okay. know that what I've got is right. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't calibrate that again. No, it's simple. Okay. So uh, one more thing about paper. Mm -hmm. and, and just if you are at this point, half hour in, and you're thinking oh <laughs> i'm going back to my epson or i'm uh -huh. going to go into boots remember the pdf is here glenn goes more in depth there's there's screenshots there's and it's in step. layman's terms yeah as well. it's just to, it's to make it nice and easy for you uh, i've got one question about paper after that uh -huh. we're going to go to a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about printing itself All right. so just quickly types of paper uh -huh. now for what you're doing obviously you're using a particular brand but just quickly run because you did touch on it about the thickness of paper just touch on in your experience what what the kinds of papers are what are we talking about here because i remember i had a choice of photocopier paper mm -hmm. or i used to buy this epson double-sided glossy or I used to get this HP kind of photo paper, which mm -hmm. was matte on the back, which had text, and then the front side was a glossy. So I just used to pick one of those three settings. But obviously, for the kind of artwork you do, there's different types of paper. So just talk through two or three types you would recommend and why, and explain okay. about the thickness and the texture. Well, the, the thickness side of things, okay, so um, I do use fine art papers. I've just got, I've got really into it, and I just love the fine art papers. The main paper, again, these are all Permajet ones, because I've just, like, you know why I'm using them. Um, one of the papers I was using a lot for a while was called, it's by Permajet, called FB Gold Silk 315, and 315 is the weight. So it's a nice, thick 
paper, not a paper like a normal sheet of A4 copier paper that you just flop all over the place. I want the paper to just be, I want it to feel like quality. I want it to be able to retain ink. It's got to have ar archival properties to it, so it's going to last a long time, what have you. So FB Gold Seal 315. Now, the thing about this is you're not just printing on white paper that's got a texture to it. Every single paper will make your print appear slightly different. So the FB Gold Silk, the properties of that paper will make your image appear a bit warmer. So you've got to remember that if no matter you've calibrated it, you've done your profiles, and all of a sudden it prints out and you go, oh no, what's wrong with that? The skin looks a little bit warm. It's because of the paper. So you have to really read of what, what is that paper designed to do. Okay, so in the, in the descriptions, it will tell you what it's designed to do. But the ones I use, uh, I'm using the FB Gold Silk less now. Uh, and actually, at the time of saying this, they've got a new one coming out. They've upgraded the three, the FB Gold Silk, so they have got a new one. Um, portrait Rag, I love it. So there's Portrait Rag and there's Portrait White. And they're both, again, they're, the weight of those is what they call is 285. So it's still quite a thick paper. And it's got a slight, it's almost like, cardboard i guess there is absolutely no shine on the cover of this paper at all and i want that because i don't want my pictures to go onto a wall and then you have to kind of do this to try and find the best angle to look at them because you're getting reflections on it especially when you've got glass and even though i whenever i get these framed they always have non-reflective glass so i just love that oldie worldy classical feel about fine art paper it's so it just seems to it's a whole it's a whole different ball game rather than just being your typical photo paper that's got a gloss to it i was gonna when, say that, no mate honestly pc world can i have a pack of photo paper no, yes it is that, a completely go. different ball game yeah i would say really i mean the it, it, whatever you're printing is going to dictate what kind of paper you use, all right? So if I was printing something that was pretty much way psychedelic, crazy, funky colours, I wouldn't choose a fine art paper because that's going to kind of mute it down a bit. Mm. I would have something that has almost like a metallic-y kind of thing to, to really make those colours pop. Yeah. I don't want that with these images. I want these to look really classic. Portrait rag is is brilliant for the veterans portraits and my kind of portrait work anyway it's also brilliant for wedding photography adds a real classic beautiful look to it so it's very much horses for courses now i would say if anything if you're looking at a certain brand of papers to use pretty much every brand i think i could say this will offer some kind of a sample pack or they'll offer swatches where they'll give you strips of them on like a little kind of twizzly thing where you can just fan them open and have a feel and see what you think. Yeah. Um, so just get get yourself a sample pack and see what you think. If you go into the photography show, go to each of the paper I was just going to say that. This is, yeah, what go to the paper perfect providers. opportunity. Talk to the people that, that yeah. right there and say, this Absolutely. is what I shoot. Um, you know, take some images through on your iPad or something. Yeah. And go and say, this is what I shoot. This is kind of my client, my clientele. What yeah. kind of paper would you recommend? Absolutely. Some yeah. of them will actually do. All right, they're not going to do a whole calibration system, but some of them do do an on-site printing uh, where they will print stuff off. That's, that's but they'll also have doing. prints there, mate. So you can. I mean, I remember uh, was it Ilford when I was over in, um, I think over in Holland, Ilford had a, a stand there and they had like literally just 
loads and loads of prints up on display which had been printed onto all different kinds of their papers so you could see how the images reacted on that particular paper and you can really see it is it is night and day difference when you see an image printed on the right paper it just totally changes it yeah. it really is you could print a paper you could print an image or a portrait onto a a canon photo pro luster paper right one of mine on that or print it out onto you know permajet's portrait rag 285 unbelievable difference anybody who doesn't even know anything about printing i guarantee you they go i like that one the yeah. fine art paper because it just suits it do you know what i mean it just suits how it should look and another good tip is if you go somewhere and they've got a really nice gallery showing Go and speak to the gallery owner or the person organising mm. it and ask them what they... Because I'm sure they would have used different types of paper depending on the, the gallery style. Yeah. But, you know, ask people who are doing it all the time what they use and get some tips and tricks. Now, speaking of photography show, we'll have a little break and we'll listen to an ad about the show itself. Cool. Come and visit the photography show at the Birmingham NEC between the 14th and 17th of March. With over 300 brands exhibiting their products and services, new product launches and hands-on demos with over 270 talks and classes over the four days and over 30,000 like-minded photo and video attendees to meet and connect with, you have everything you need to capture a fresh perspective and improve your skills, whether you're an absolute beginner or a seasoned professional. Come and get inspired at the Photography Show. Tickets available from photographyshow.com and you can use code CLAYDEWTPS20, that's C-L-A-Y-D-E-W-T-P-S-20, to get 20% off advanced standard single-day tickets only. See terms and conditions on the show notes. We'll see you there. Okay, we're back. Thanks very much to the Photography Show for supporting us again this year. Mate, I'm, I'm so, I so love that show. <laughs> I know I say I can't every believe time. Somebody said, somebody posted something the other day. Seven years or something's been going yeah. on? Yeah. Seven years. That. That's mad. This is my sixth year working for them. Um, seven years they've been doing the show. There's future I remember events. going to the meetings in London before yeah. it even started. I can't believe that's over seven years ago. Well, we also did an event called Photo Live. That's right, yeah, in London. That, that, was, that was the year before. Because yeah. I've got a cracking photo of you that still makes me laugh now of you at your laptop with the biggest <laughs> grin. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I, I remember us going to the previous, uh, what the show that used to be on that is nothing to do with this show. And there was a mm. bit of confusion back then, but this is like nothing to do with it. Mm. And it was just sorry. It was it was just a sad sorry It was a wedding event. album convention before yeah. days. And, and a lot of people wondered what would happen. And I, and I really take my hat off to Future for what they did. And it's such a fresh show and they change it every year. Do you know- <laughs> You know, it does make me laugh. Something. Every year you hear it and some people, oh, what did you think of the show? And I, mean, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, somebody said, well, well you know, photography show, all it was was like loads of stands with, with like loads of different kind of companies showing what they've got and there was a few stages of stuff going on. <laughs> it's a photography show. What do you expect to see Formula One cars racing? What, what, what do you expect to see at a blooming photography show for God's uh, sake? I remember the first year they did it. And uh, I'd, I'd said to somebody, like, you should go. It's different. Trust me, it's different. They had, yeah. they had the garden thing. And, and it was fresh and new and all new branding. And uh, and this person went and I said, what did you think of it then? Because you'd obviously been to the previous one. And they went, I'm not impressed, really. I went, why? Well, 
I was looking for a stand where somebody would sell a, a machine where I can turn my slides into digital photos and nobody had one. And I was like, that's like giving the the Ritz a one, one out of five star on TripAdvisor because it rained all weekend. Well, because they didn't have the colour of macaron that you wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's quite it's funny what people go to the show for and what they expect but yeah. as i mean like there's lots in america there's wppi and photo plus and all that you know i'd say if you're going to go to a show go with a bit of a purpose don't a you've got to yeah don't pack your bag with every piece of camera equipment you own it's fine most of the people yeah. there kind of have worked out that you're a photographer because you've already taken your day out to go and so don't leave wear the one of those kind of like gilets the photographer or a, or a safari, safari. i hate those things <laughs> everybody i've ever seen wearing one of those gilets with all the pockets in i've always got a sweaty hair as well <laughs> sweaty <laughs> but yeah get, recommend going to any kind of show and go and speak to vendors and go and ask them questions about yeah. your gear about you know go and test stuff and don't be afraid to ask for for more help you know, while you're there, because you know, if it's but super don't go there busy, looking for freebies. Don't be a no, tire kicker. No, don't go for freebies. Don't go taking the the pee and expecting them to half the price of everything they've got. There's there are some bargains on the last day. There mm. are a few few of the companies do do bargains where like the demo stuff might be sold off, but you know don't go with that attitude go to get the information you want if it's something you specifically want to buy walk around shop around look for the best deals because you can Mm. always kind of go back and sort of say you know camera world have got it for this much and this other place have got it for that much you know you can you can do a bit of bargaining there's some movement there but there are some good deals at the show as Mm, well so um so yeah it's just it's worth worth doing that but Mm. anyway back to the topic yes so we've calibrated oh, yeah. our monitor we've sorted out our printer yeah. we've got our paper sorted yeah. Yeah. now we're going to do the good bit now it's sexy the, time now the money shot yes <laughs> now we're, <laughs> we're going to print so now everything just happens easy yes really easy so let's start off with software okay where, where are you printing from uh, I now I about good question, Dave. Good question. Now there is Canon specific printing software. All right, I don't use it. I do not use it. That actually I found. I, I may be wrong, but I actually found that involved a little bit of guesswork because it would print out like proof sheets or, or show you proof sheets, and you could choose which one was nearest to your image, and then it would make changes and whatever. But it's just another piece of software that I don't need. I use Lightroom. Lightroom is more than enough for what I need for printing. More than enough anybody needs for printing, to be honest with you. There's a print module. It's nice and simple. So all I do is I will choose the picture that I want to print. I will size it how I want it to be sized. I will then say, right, what paper I'm going to be using on. So I'll come down to the bottom right-hand corner of the print module, and I will choose the paper profile that I want to use. I'm going to be using FB Gold Silk. I will choose that profile. So now Lightroom knows what it's going to be printing on. And then I'll click Printer. And when I click Printer, it brings up my printer properties. And I just check. I always check. Have I got my print quality set to high? Because what's the point in having a printer for printing printers if you don't have it set on high? So always make sure it's set on high. Make sure it's set to photo printing. Is another thing, not document. It's got to be on photo printing. And I'll always check on the color matching section, which is where your color management is. 
does it say none in the driver section there? Because bearing in mind now, I'm getting Lightroom to do the printing. Lightroom's gonna use a paper profile. It doesn't need the drive, the printer to do anything other than what it's telling it to do. Yeah. So you choose none in the driver section. Click on print and away you go. So right. then it'll go from Lightroom to your printer, job done. It won't go from Lightroom to your printer. Your printer's going, hold on a second. You want to use that profile, but I want to use this one. Bang, bang, loggerheads, print out rubbish. Here's another thing that I used to find with people printing. It's mm-hmm. such a silly little gotcha, but the times I've seen, like even I've done it, it's like, ah, don't go to print on a sheet of A3. And your and Lightroom thinks you're printing on a sheet of A4. Absolutely. So choose Absolutely, your paper size. Yes. Choose yeah. your paper. And obviously, I know Glim prints on A3, but he's actually probably printing. I think you print the square format, so it's printing within the paper because you're going to trim it afterwards. Yeah. Well, this is a, thing, it's a good point actually, because certainly with the, the particular Canon I've got, what you will find is when you let's say if I'm going to use a fine art paper by Permajet, all right. Now, when I look at that printout that Permajet give you to say, look, if you're using one of our papers and you've got a Canon printer, tell it to use this as the media type. So if I'm using FB Gold Silk, Permajet recommend that you put the settings in your driver to be using Canon's Photo Pro, a Paper Pro Luster. So it knows how thick it is, how much ink it is, and what have you. However, if you're using an A4 sheet of that paper to print out, and let's say you're doing a 10 by 8, all right you'll go to click print and more likely what will happen is you'll get a little warning box come up and it'll go sorry you can't use a4 paper or just so that you know i know you want to use a4 but i'm going to crop off or put a margin at the top and bottom of your print a margin of 30 and you go but i don't want to you cannot stop it doing it within this particular printer, the Canon print, uh, Pixmar Pro 10S. Now, the Canon Pixmar, uh, I think it's 100 or the 1000 one, the, the A2 one, that doesn't happen. Now, the reason it puts this margin on is because fine art paper, once it's been printed on, can have a tendency to kind of start to, uh, once the ink dries, the, the ends can't, can't start to curl up. Okay. So it allows that margin, so the paper curls up, and that curl is on the margin, not on the picture. Right. So then you can trim it out. There's no curling up and what have you. So I now don't tend to use A4 paper. I will use A3 paper. And then the margin there doesn't matter because the paper's so big, it it makes no difference if I'm doing a smaller print. And it's worth just that extra little bit of cost of using A3 and trimming to put the print in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a cut around what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Totally. So... Yeah, it's so simple. Once you once you know that when you are using a paper profile, you choose the paper profile in the print management section within Lightroom. And as once you've got that, as long as you remember to turn off color management in your printer, you're game on. All the problems I had was because I didn't understand the driver and I didn't understand Lightroom. So I would choose a profile within Lightroom and I would choose the driver in the printer and and it just it just the massive conflict there and it just wouldn't work it just would not work and if you so for anyone who doesn't have lightroom and say they are printing from 
Photoshop or Capture One say. Exactly the same thing. Same process. Exactly the same um, thing. Yeah. And, the, and I guess for designers, if they're printing from Illustrator uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, in fact, InDesign, in, I know InDesign's really powerful yeah. with print, um, if you're printing booklets and stuff out, that that similar kind of thing, work out what you're printing. If you've got a paper how, profile for a particular paper, you choose that in your printing software, go into the printer settings and turn off color management. End of. It's as simple as that. And if your prints are coming out too dark, go and calibrate your screen again. Okay. So, next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're doing next. Just there, there isn't. Do you know what? After that, all that comes next is you click print and you sit back and you just wait for the good stuff. Because you know confidently you, you're not going to waste any money, you're not wasting any ink, anything at all. No time being wasted. You know that when you print... And it comes off that machine. You can hold it up to your display and go, do you know what? 99% of that is bang on. It's n- now, listen, it's never going to be completely and utterly bang on to what you have on your screen. Your screen is backlit. You're printing onto paper. So your colours are never going to be exactly as saturated or as vibrant because your paper isn't backlit. But when you hold it up there, you can look at it and go, yeah, that is damn good. That is really good detail in the shadows and it's, it is just the best it is the best and when you take control of it yourself to see it through the whole process from the minute you take that picture the editing to then print it out it's like thank heaven for that it's just it's just fantastic and it's worth putting in all this effort at the beginning because i know when i speak to people about design and workflow and everything everyone wants to kind of open open up photoshop open up lightroom and expect it all to do it for them and it's i want it to go from my camera to my printer in three minutes or oh and then they get all the problems so Mm. stuff like this it's worth putting in the time to just set up calibrate get everything right it's an investment as well it is it is a big investment however really the minimal amount of stuff you could get to get this really good is get yourself a screen calibrator. You don't need to worry about profiling your papers if you don't want to do that just yet. Mm-hmm. I would say that when you really get into your printing, do it because it's the best. But just get yourself a screen calibrator, like the i1 Display Plus, uh, Plus rather, uh, and then go to the you know the manufacturers of the paper and get them to create a profile for you. You know it's it's negligible cost. Once yeah. you've got it, you've got it, and that's it. And if you're gonna buy a cheaper end printer obviously like you said don't go for a four color ink one what, what no, would you say min- minimum, minimum do you know what i'm not i'm not, or... I'm not even gonna hazard a guess day because i'm not an expert when it comes to right. that kind of stuff all i would say is get yourselves what what is listed as a pro or you know high-end kind of home photo printer if yeah. you're doing this at home you know you're not you're not gonna get you know, the four-ink printers to create stunning, absolutely fantastic tonal ranges and whatever. You, you ain't going to get it. You're kidding yourself. Yeah. You've got to get something that's up to the game. Um, ten inks, I would say probably ten inks is really going to be the minimum. Yeah. Um, but the one I'm getting next, I think, is a 12-inch 12 12 one. So the, so a good tip would be look how much printing you're doing externally a year and what you're spending on it. Then look at the cost of, okay, if you do this at home, how many prints am I doing and why? Um, where am I sending it to? And then look at the cost of the printer. And don't just think of it as in a year. Think of it as maybe a three-year plan. You know, a printer, a good printer is going to last you a good couple of years unless you absolutely batter it. Mm. Um, 
but then it's going to come under a manufacturer's guarantee anyway. So price it up. Look at the paper that you want. Look at the calibration. Look at the you know the monitor. Look at the whole from end to end. What's my investment in this? And split it out over say thirty six months and the kind of amount of prints you're going to do. And you can probably scale it down and work out roughly. I mean, do you would you say you'd know off the top of your head how much every time a print comes out of your printer? what is the value of that piece of paper? Or do you not want to say in case you ever sell them? <laughs> uh, no, I do sell them. Um, I have worked it out. Um, no, I won't say. <laughs> okay. But, but the thing <laughs> is... Because I don't, know, I don't know exactly. No. I don't know exactly the thing how is, much you, it is. You know roughly that if you waste a print, that's kind of an amount of money that oh, yeah, you yeah. can go yeah, and definitely. go, okay, I need to... But the thing is, I can honestly say now, I don't waste a print. I really don't. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, being funny. I know. I'm being... If I if I waste a print, it's probably because I did I did accidentally shove a piece of A4 paper in there or, or the wrong size paper. I don't know. Obviously, I'm just using A3 now, but I I do not mess up on a print. I really I... don't. And what I love is the fact that I can I can literally choose any kind of paper. Once I've profiled it, I know that when I print out onto that paper, it looks brilliant. The really interesting thing is if you use a paper profile, but use a different paper. So if I, for example, if I use the profile for FB Gold Silk by Permajet, but in my printer, I put in Portrait White, it looks terrible. Really? So it goes to show, oh my Lord, it goes to show how important these profiles are when you can see the impact of the wrong profile used on a paper. You can really see how it really does. Think, wow, that that profile really does a good job on yeah. the right paper. You know what I mean? It's just it makes a huge difference. I have, it's the best feeling when you print it out. And you go, wow! And then when you hand it to somebody, and it's not just on floppy, horrible paper. It's on a quality piece of paper. The best, absolutely the best. I love it. I absolutely love printing, and I'm just excited that I've managed to nail it. I understand it. I think maybe because I've matured in the industry and I understand things more now, whereas maybe when I was doing it before, I was trying to do too much at once. And yeah, it's all a learning process, like anything we do. You, you kind of. We're going to come onto gotchas in a minute, but I know one of the things. Whenever you do a video on social media of you printing one of your prints out, yeah. I always think you're focusing in on the back of the camera. It's yeah. that yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's like that shot. person's there. It's like maybe yeah. even you're zooming in on their face. They're there. It's so clear. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I never, I never really had a great deal of confidence with home printing from previous experience because I've never had to do the kind of quality you're doing. But when yeah. I see the stuff you do, when I came around the other day and saw what you printed out, it was just wow. It to- I totally see why you've invested all yeah. this time. Um, and the fact that you've documented it all so that you can share it. There is one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with you, we've, we've gone through this print process, uh, but there is one more step, which is framing and storage. Oh, right, yeah, the mounting of it and all that kind yeah, of stuff Yeah, so well, right? if yeah. you just had a print and you weren't going to frame it, I mean, what kind of storage recommendation or how would you store that print? If you were giving it to somebody, what do you generally do? Um, like, if, can you t- how long before you can touch it? Do you, you know? Is oh, there... blimey, mate! I leave them. I leave them a good while. I don't put them into any kind of. I've got these biodegradable um, or compostable, rather these these kind of cellophane things here, um, which I um, use acid free and all that kind of stuff. 
uh, but I, I'll probably leave them overnight sometimes. Okay. I will, I will, I'll put like a cover over them really loosely after about an hour so that no dust and stuff goes on there. Because what I don't want to do is any kind of dust particles landing on the paper. And then when in the morning when I go, oh, there's dust on that, and then brush it off. And as I brush it off, it kind of scratches Ooh. or whatever. So I'll once it's completely dry, I'll then rest over one of these clear covers on them so they don't get any kind of dust dropping onto it. And you store everything flat as well. Oh, yeah, it's always flat. Definitely yep. always flat. Um, but most of the times now, when I kind of, if I was going to give a picture to a veteran, they're, they're always mounted. And I had my friend Robin, who's got a framers in Tame in Oxfordshire, he taught me how to do the mounting. And actually, and this is a this is a plug in the uh, the new uh, tutorial that's coming out very very soon called Timeless. In the bonus videos, I can include a video to show how you can do the mounting as well. Real simple, step-by-step, oh, cool. step, how to do the mounting. Mate, it's our podcast. We can promote whatever we want. Yeah, we can, can't like we? Like my book, how do I do that in InDesign? I exactly. can just go and throw that in completely <laughs> randomly. How do I do that in Publisher? <laughs> <laughs> dead to me. Officially dead, dead to me. me. No, I know. And, and, when, and when you have the prints done... Yeah. Um, the glass as well uh you use a special non-reflective don't you to make the sure that the print because i know i've seen people get stuff printed beautifully and then they have like super reflective glass oh, yeah, and it just yeah. it's like you lose all the color that that kind of stuff there i i hand over the knowledge of stuff like that to robin because my mate robin who does the framing he he can you know he'll take control of that and he'll advise me because obviously he wants it to look its best because people say who where'd you get it framed yeah, um, and befriend a framer. You know, if you are going to do this framer, seriously, yeah. it go was and Robin, find a local framer. Totally, yeah. Because what you can do is, I, I, I literally rang Robin earlier on today. That I rang him up and said, "Right, can I order ten more mounts." So I, when I print out the veterans' pictures, the actual print itself, the physical print, is eleven inches square, but the mount, the aperture of the mount, is eleven inches square, but the actual whole mount is 16 yeah. inches so it's two and a half inches all the way around and that's a nice kind of sized mount for it there um yeah and i just order those off robin i think robin charges me like three pounds for one okay of them. that's nothing do you know what i mean no. it's nothing but for me it's, it's just going that extra step because when i give somebody a print when they've ordered a print or maybe a veteran's having a print especially with a veteran because i want it to feel like a gift um i don't want to hand them a print that's floppy floppy i mm. want to hand them a mounted print in its cover in the bottom left hand corner of the cover is the logo for the company oh sorry the the, the project i've even found a company called asc direct where you can have bespoke cardboard boxes made so i kind of found i measured up the size of the mount when it's all done and dusted and i thought right well i need a box to be this big this wide this deep you put those measurements into ASC. I wanted it to be a white box. I ordered 25, and within a week, they arrive on my door. And they just fold over, tape them, put them in, and it looks brilliant. It looks like a really nice parcel. Oh, when presentations, it's everything, yeah. Absolutely, presentations. And in fact, I use the same company, ASC, for all the, all the prints that were done for the recent exhibition, the ones that have been uh, all framed up. What I didn't want to do was have them all lying flat and you know things happening to them so i had individual double thickness corrugated packaging in so that the, the actual walls of the box are double thickness and i measured up the prints and i've had all of those now with bot into boxes and they're all nice and safe and you know and i've got the names of the veterans on the outside so i know if there's a certain thing going on and they want a particular veteran i can pull that box out 
and I know that framed print is in there looking spick and span. Nice. Now, when just a quick thing there, mm-hmm. I, I just want to show you a couple of gotchas that you found along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just mentioned there that you, you have the print, which is 11 by 11, and you have the aperture of the mount, which is 11 by 11, and you have the total frame size, 16 by 16. How much white space around your image do you allow do quite you recommend yeah yeah as much as as much as you can up to the 16 to stop any kind of bowing or yeah because i think i think what robin does is when he when he cuts the mounts when i say to him that the picture to go in these is 11 inches square although he's creating an aperture of 11 inches it's not quite i would imagine robin creates a little bit like, under just a little bit over so oh, it's okay. going to so it'll crush down just a little bit. So what you don't want to do when I give and I've learned this when I used to give Robin prints to frame up for me, I would never give him the exact print all trimmed right to the edges, eleven inch. Because then when he puts the mount on it, it's going to encroach well, it's, into the picture. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So well, I'd if you give him allow, an eleven by eleven picture and he's got eleven by eleven, it's just going to fall through the hole. Exactly. Yeah. So it's got to be. So he's going to lose some of it. He's going to create a smaller aperture for the actual mount. But I'd probably leave, I don't know, because the size of the mounts I have, I'd probably leave a couple of inches all the way around. Okay. And then, and then you know, on the video, they'll see this when I, when I actually do mount it all up. But when you put the mount, the picture inside the mount, you only tape one side of it, the top side of it, and then close it. Because it's like you don't just put, it's not just a single sheet of a mount, it's got the mount yeah. and the backing board. And you only do the top part, stick the top part to it, because over time, movement and, mm. and kind of, you know, all, it'll start to bow. If you if you tape down all the four corner, four edges of it and it starts to bow, yeah. at least if you've just got one edge taped, it allows movement and it won't yeah. bow. So, any gotchas along the way? Is there anything we've not covered yet that you've kind of would recommend people to just keep an eye out for? Um photography show i'm doing a whole session on this in the editing suite uh what else um do you know what no i i'd just say just just follow the steps i it's my pdf which i've written but i've got to say the feedback has been really good in fact i've, I've got like a our friend jesus ages ago recommended i keep a folder in my email inbox called thank yous yeah. when you get nice emails come through and if you get a really bad one and it affects you go to your thank you folder and it'll make you feel good now i know i recently dragged one in there from somebody who said they literally got the pdf went through it and they said now for the first time i have got some great looking prints and i'm like yes it's the best feeling you just got to follow it through step by step i've written it in a way that i pretty well i like i write everything how would i need to how do i need to understand this you know rather than trying to be clever using fancy words and fancy terminology and all that kind of rubbish keep it simple in fact there's one for you relative or perceptual when it comes to the actual um when it's one of the parts it will say to you in the when you're doing your printing it says do you choose relative or perceptual when it comes to the i forget the terminology choose relative always 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 relative is the one you'll, you'll see why in the pdf why you're going to choose relative um yeah what else no i can't i can't think of anything else just just follow it through nice and simple it isn't difficult it is not difficult. It really isn't. Yeah. When that penny the, drops, you go, I can't believe I didn't know this. And the important bit at the very, very beginning of all of this. If your you are too dark. If, if your pictures are crap, <laughs> you, yeah. can, you can do all of this. All it's going to do is just make your crap picture look really superbly crap all yeah. the way through. Do you know what? I've got the PDF here, actually. There was a thing that our friend of ours, Katrina Eisman, said, here you go. 
she because i i posted up i'd done this pdf and and katrine was like really like, oh yeah nice one and katrine said and i put this on the second page of the pdf she says the truth is revealed when the ink hits the paper nice but yeah exactly right the really you no know, you might think it looks great on the screen print it out then you'll know the truth <laughs> you know I mean? and it's just and when it and when it does look good when the colors look good when the brightness values are good the tonal range is there details in the shadows everything's right you go oh, wow it's, yeah. it is it i don't care how expensive your, your ipad was it pales into insignificance unless you and when you've got a print in your hand a proper print yeah. and this is what we're going to talk about the photography show with um fabrizio costa mm -hmm. uh, this is the feeling of print i think this is the this is the process this is like how to get there but the actual feeling of printing your stuff out and sharing it and giving it to the people who matter and capturing those moments and not just leaving it on a hard drive or a little plastic mm. square in a in a wallet this is all about enjoying you know you've spent all this money on the camera you spent all this time and effort going to somewhere to get the image you've spent all this stuff time and effort on the printing mm. the best feeling of all is when mm. you get the reaction and i know that that, that video you, you showed for the 3945 portraits was it david uh, oh david edwards that, oh yeah david, david edwards. and diane edwards yeah when they got their prints yeah yeah you know that that feeling when somebody holds up a print you, you can't you can't beat it it's no you amazing. can't amazing so Re rendering intent is what i was trying to remember earlier on okay relative or perceptual rendering intent always choose relative right all will come clear in the pdf yes so the pdf link will be in the show notes yep um if you can if you're able to come to the photography show if you want to find out more um there'll be some sessions around the around the event with with print companies and pr with both printer companies and paper companies go and speak to people that all the information's there um i actually wonder is there a video tutorial going to end up coming out of this do you think what for the the printing side? Yeah, of it? yeah. Do you know what? I haven't done one, but yeah, I will do. I will I do think... one. Mind you, saying that, mate, on my YouTube channel, there's two videos that I did for YouTube live broadcasts, which go through it all anyway. Okay. Well... So there are two videos. Um, there's the, the printing one, and there's one called Printing 2.0. Well, there they, you go. That's everything in there that you'd need to know. YouTube.com forward slash Glendewis. That's the one. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And I, and I've put also also in the show notes there's a couple of blog posts where you've uh covered about have I got the right kind of printer? Yeah. Or is my printer good enough? Mm -hmm. And you there's a blog post about the print book itself. That's right. About yeah. the process. Oh, of it's actually so. good point actually. You mentioned in the website there. Remember last time when you mentioned, Oh yeah, my new website's here, go and check it. Some people did, which is great. They let me know some links that weren't working, all sorted. One link that wasn't working, which I found out today because a couple of people emailed me when they tried to get the download, was that when they clicked to get it, it was just spinning, nothing was happening. That has now been fixed. So if for some reason you went to my website and you didn't get your download, go back, put your details back in and download it. It will be there because it's all fixed and sorted. Yeah, I've tested it and downloaded it. It was fine. Oh, I love the new website. I know we covered it last week. If you want, if you want to hear about uh building your own website um in fact i did have some feedback on last week i just want to finish up with that okay. just one thing to to consider i know last week we were talking about things like wix and squarespace um and obviously glynn's built his in divi and wordpress just one thing to know about sites like squarespace and wix is 
the difference between that and what Glyn's done with WordPress is if Wix or Squarespace went away, mm. so does your work. There is some grey area legal legalities. I know you did mention it, but there are some grey grey area legalities about the usage of the imagery and uh, any content you put on your site that Wix and Squarespace can use in promotional stuff without your permission. But if you're not too bothered about that, don't worry about it. But yeah, just be aware that any if you do go and spend a load of time putting stuff on Wix and Squarespace, if they ever go away the likelihood is so does your website mm. so just consider that you know i know we chat kind of championed it a little bit but it's more of a starter once yeah. you've established yourself then i would recommend you move on and speak to a proper web person and look at building it in wordpress i, I actually think the the project the 3945 <clears throat> project will end up going over to divi and wordpress yeah because it is it is very and again we're not sponsored by these folks at all no no, no divi is very very good very yeah, good. in fact, they've just they've just actually released a new feature. I don't yeah, know the layers thing. The layers. Yeah, it's great. So you can just see what layers you've got on your page, and you can mm. click and go straight to it, and you can rename the layers as you work in. It's like being in Photoshop again, isn't it? It is. I know. So it's all to make it easy for us. All the tools are there. All we got to do is invest a bit of time. Yes. Yeah. And and be prepared to find out a bit of knowledge to mm. make the best of what we do. We spend a lot of money on this stuff. We spend a lot of time. It just seems silly not investing in yourself to get the best output from it totally so yeah. so that's this week's podcast hey, thanks for doing this mate i appreciate that um, no that's all right i just felt you know even for a layman like me um i'm interested by it. you know i downloaded the pdf obviously working with you i i pick up snippets and and i i see the process you go through and the experimentation you do and and the fact that you take what you do so seriously, I think it's great that you've done this. And this this might sound like a you know a, a promotion. It isn't. This is you know Glenn's put a lot of time in putting this PDF together. He didn't have to. Uh, the next one when he does it in InDesign is going to look completely different. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, given that he's done it in Publisher, it, it, he's done a great job. There's images through it. It's step by step walkthrough. Uh, we will give you all the information you need. Um, now, obviously, you can drop drop some questions to glenn on social media whatever that's not a guarantee that he's going to be able to answer every single one because everyone's situation is different if we get loads of questions i'll do a blog post to answer yeah hmm. yeah so say so if you sign up for the pdf i i would recommend stay on the newsletter because glenn does share a lot of this stuff and freebies and resources and oh and oh, he... oh can i just say can i just dive no. in and say you just remind me <laughs> yeah. i've just uh, last few days ago I have used Blurb. You know Blurb who did the book for the uh, project? Oh, you've, you've stolen my thunder. Mate, you... mate. I, no, <laughs> I got their magazine stuff. I've ordered it. And it's going, to be, it's going to come through on the 11th. So the PDF is being made into a magazine. So if you're at the photography show, give me a shout because I'll have it with me so you can have a look what it looks like in the magazine. And it cost me £8. That's all it was. Eight quid. Right. Anyway, what are you going to say? <laughs> I was going to throw the little extra and catch you off guard, but you caught me out. Oh. So one of the things I was going to say that we're going to do for a different episode, and I'm going to give you time for this because I don't know whether you want to do it. Obviously, right. we've used Blurb. Um, I know you're getting a special book printed with... Uh, oh, dig Digital, digital, digital lab. Labs. Are doing now, the they are an book. amazing printers who I use yeah. for larger prints. They are yeah. Jeff up there, he lives, breathes, sleeps paper. He knows paper. 
he knows the paper man, the paper whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> but from a blurb point of view, because I do like blurb and I've used them. And again, we're not, we're, we're, they won't even listen to this. So they won't even know what we're saying about it. No. But I think that one of the things you should do in the future is actually do this process if you're going to use blurb. So what considerations will you need oh, right, okay. when you're using somebody else's service, somebody else's paper and print? So blurb do different times, kinds of books and different kinds of paper mm-hmm. and obviously different sizes and you've got your images. And I know one of the things you said, you sent it off and the colours came back a little bit different. So I think there's an episode or something, some kind of content where you we could put together a what if I want to go and print with blurb and I want to do a book? Brighten your images by 20%. There you go. And that's uh, <laughs> that's one episode we've lost now. <laughs> That'd be the shortest episode ever. I'll have to bleep that out. <laughs> but, you know, there, there, is, there are considerations. If you are still going to use services like that, you still need to know a little bit about what you're doing and ask them about the paper that's going to be printed on mm. so that you know how to set your images properly. But, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Probably by twenty percent. So, thanks for sticking with us on this episode. Um, I hope it really helps. Let's say it's, it's to help like go with the PDF. Um, and I know Glenn's going to post the episode on his website. So, if you download the PDF and you want the episode as well, you can listen to all this. And if you've got this far, you've listened to it anyway. So, thank you. I'm just rambling. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we will be at the photography show next week. Yep. Um, anything that we've got to say, do or share will always be on social media. We have got a website that's kind of it, it's in uh, in between what it is and what it's going to be soon, uh, because now we know how to use Divi. We are going to be building the website. So at the moment, only the episodes are on the website. He shoots, he draws dot com and a bio about me and Glyn. There's no kind of contact pages or anything. If you want to get hold of us, you can go podcast at he shoots, he draws.com. That comes through to us. Um, also, we're on social media. It's he shoots, he draws on everything. If we're going to share anything, those will be the channels that we do it. And if you've got any suggestions or want to ask anything, that's where you're going to put it. There you go. Yeah. And that's it. And that nice concludes. Up, yeah, that that concludes today's <laughs> lesson. Cool. I won't play the Prince song again. That, no. that joke's run its course. Mm. It's, 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 that's so yesterday. It's like nineteen ninety nine. God Almighty! All right. I was I was going <laughs> to try if I'd had time. I was going to actually try and drop in about five Prince songs into this episode and see if you noticed. <laughs> but I didn't. No, good. <laughs> so uh, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, if you come along to the photography show, we'll see, see you there. there. Um, stay safe, stay clean. And wash and, your hands. Uh, wash your hands. And we'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye.